Oh, well, <clears throat> I don't know if you can hear that, but that is me trying to give my cat the sort of support that <clears throat> she deserves in her, well, it's not her last night, because I didn't make the appointment tomorrow, and now it's after 5 o'clock, so there's no making more appointments. In fact, you got to make that appointment before one thirty, Right, Kitty? No, we don't want to think about that. So, why am I signing on when I should be giving my cat the love that I said I was going to give her? Well, I, uh, I thought if this is one of her last true loving moments with the universe, that it should be documented. And since looking down at that wound, you can tell that she's getting worse by the day, well, this may be my last chance. And with that uplifting note, Pause. All right, all right, all right. You know what it's like to have a pussy cat in your lap who's just purring away? It's one of life's best connections. When people think animals don't know the width and depth of feeling, they are wrong. They are wrong in every measure. In fact, uh, if you're like, has everyone ever in existence at some point had to be an animal on earth or a rock? Maybe. Now, I know that sounds like I'm crazy. Really, sounds like I'm fucking nuts. But your soul energy, uh, depending on your performance here, can fall as far down as having recycled through as granite. And that's not always a down cycle. That's actually, at times, an up cycle. There are way ancient permutations of granite that I don't understand whatsoever. But they are, in terms of soul escalation, like 5th, 6th, 7th level. So, and this isn't some Dungeons and Dragons, goddamn, the ice creatures are more important than the frost creatures, and they're more important than the than the melting snow creatures, and no, no, and I... I say these things because this is what I get taught in the Caves of Wisdom. I get taught these elementals of existence and how you, you poured in your soul energy to this continuum. And it can be, uh, I mean, depending on where you are in terms of ascension and other variables, especially across the, the ethereal planes, well, you can pour it in at, at different points of engagement. And you may only have the soul energy to pour it in here as fucking granite. You have to sit around and observe the continuity of nature for a thousand years. Or a hundred thousand years. <clears throat> Just imagine that width of experience we've all been through. And if you think a hundred thousand years is a fucking block of granite is an achievement, play a wounded cat for four years. She doesn't have a choice. She's going to fucking tough it out. Her soul energy says, I will survive. Even now, as she is so uncomfortable, she can't even find sitting position in my lap that she likes. She has to trundle. Did I say trundle again? I mean, trundle too much. She has to paw her way over to the space heater and lodge in with her extended paws underneath it to get the full warmth it provides her. That's another bad sign. 
because it's pretty damn warm where I'm sitting, which is four feet from the space heater. So if she's suffering to this level, <clears throat> this could be the night she does suffer the final end. Ah, oh, man, this is, you know, at 420, I think I should go get a bong hit here. Pause. All right. All right. All right. We went with the, what, the, the, oh, no, we went with the fucking best stuff. That's right, the pressed rosin sour lime pie. Oh, yeah, let's be high. Kitty's still over there by the heater, so I think now's as good a time as anything to throw a recording at you because her purring hasn't stopped. And that's all I wanted to accommodate was a cat having at least one happy, content moment of life on a day when it seems like all other vectors are pointed well toward the ethereal <clears throat> she ate very uh heartily about four hours ago like very heartily to the point i thought well if you're that hungry fucking a but like i said nine lives cliches cats perfect and in that sensibility, I just sit here and act as a witness. But if she takes a turn for the South again tomorrow or the next day, then appointment we will make because her pain level can't possibly get any worse. So those are the boundaries on which I'm trying to exist with my cat. She's going to use the litter box. She's going to use the litter box. That's fucking great because that's not all this thing is. So we got to give her good kitty for that stuff. But uh, other than that, um, not a whole lot to report on the frontier of the home. Uh, and since the weather's going to get cold as fuck here on Sunday, Monday, uh, well, I better address my heating situation now. So that's what's really on my mind when it comes to the home, is winter is coming. Winter is coming. Oh, my God. I'm going to watch Game of Thrones. And... No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I've given up. I gave up on season five, and I'm, I'm done. Wait, did I make it through six? I might have made it through six, begrudgingly. But I'm pretty sure I quit in six. But, so, I've quit. No more Game of Thrones. Did you make it through GOT? Did you? I doubt it. Well, no, I don't doubt it, because some of you did, but... I don't know. There was only so much of that shit I could take. Pause. Which, again, makes me wonder if I don't think Deadwood is the greatest television of all time. Deadwood has three terrific seasons of TV with no closure. Which is hard to elevate to the best TV of all time. Because The Wire has closure. But The Wire has more weaknesses than I realize. I guess when you compare The Wire, Breaking Bad, and Deadwood to each other... They can all claim best of all time based on certain elements. <clears throat> and I don't know what's happened basically since 2015 or 2012 even. I just haven't watched a lot of TV lately. But back in the 90s and the aughts, when you got through The Wire and you got through Breaking Bad and you got through, well, even The Shield. The Shield was the first really, and you knew you were watching just Jack Bauer on steroids, but it was it was high-adrenaline television like it had never been filmed before or shown. And what's-his-name, Chickless, was perfect for the fucking role. And, and you started to realize that they were taking 
cinematic and storyline initiative in the TV universe to a new level, which just exploded after that. And, uh, and so I hate to not recognize the Shield's influence on everything that came next that is high-potency TV. And with narrative stories, things like, uh, like uh, the, the two guys, the, the uh, nip-tuck, you know, shows like that were, again, moving the cultural needle while other shows were moving the what could potentially make it to the small screen needle. And once those started getting creative input from geniuses, well, geniuses, creative input from people who, who were uh, transferring the medium to what it is now, well, there was a lot of plateau hopping on the way. And some of it was just like, wow, all right. Fuck yeah, I want to watch next week. Let's watch it right now. Binge television didn't start with Netflix. That's for fucking sure. Pause. Okay, so I still have to work out. I don't know what I hit the pause button on, so it's been like three minutes because I'm making myself a peanut butter and honey and cinnamon sandwich, which if you've never uh, committed yourself to the greatest sandwich of all time, well, shame on you, but... Do try this combination at some point in the wintry months. I find it the perfect sandwich year-round. I take the cinnamon out of it when it's not holiday season. But when it is, it's a nice little snappy addition to what is an otherwise... I could eat this bean burrito with rice and yogurt and cereal as my... Kitty, okay? As my meal for the rest of eternity. Breakfast... Lunch and dinner. But, why are you eating with me? You don't want to do this, pause. Mmm! Okay. Well, I'm not going to talk with my mouth full. Hold on. Okay, well, Felanus Minimus is on her way over us. She's currently sitting at my knee. Well, she's standing there. Oh, she's now done a U-turn. Back to the theater. I thought she was coming to nestle in the lap region, but maybe the talking... Makes her think, not now. You're too animated when you speak. I don't want you to sit there and ignore me. All right. Pause. One of the reasons I uh, was going to spend some time recording is because I do owe my 24 and a half minute uh, routine on the Nordic track, which I can't avoid today. It's definitely the day I have to do it. And so nothing says exercise avoidance like hitting the old record button, even the pause button sometimes. Okay, well, believe it or not, I have this huge notebook full of shit. And uh, then I've also got this spiral notebook full of sporadic notes, which is at least 20 pages deep. And it's got various notes peppered in through the middle here too. But um, I got a whole bunch of disorganized shit in my house. And when it comes to my intellectual disorganization, it's actually clustered all around these notebooks. And that and my whatever daily interactions. So, <clears throat> what I need to do is get through these notebooks. Ooh, don't knock my keys off. Ah, damn it. Um, oh, that too? Man, I'm clumsy right now. But I am left-handed, to be fair. Isn't handedness an interesting thing? To me, it's like, why aren't we all fucking ambidextrous? What a dumb thing to have to have one side be less... Uh, agile than the other because the world's not right-handed well it is because we built it that way because us right-handeders are fucking assholes um 
let's see. In this first page, I have at Sprouts something Charlie called same called out same the same. Oh yeah. All right. I do think I have this uh, super physical talent, and it's the dumbest one you could possibly have. And yet, two years ago, well, uh, not even that long, 20 months ago, I ran into a dude who claimed the same superpower before I mentioned it, as we were mentioning our hidden superpowers. I was like, what? And that is slipping, but not falling. I know it's, it's a horribly useless superpower. I am the slipper. Well, if, however, you saw how many times I have slipped recklessly but caught myself, and it happens in the tub enough that I should just be called, I am slippery in the bathtub. But you see, this just starts looking like a movie that's never going to get produced by the Marvel Animated Studios. So instead, you just keep this shit to yourself. But I have mentioned this publicly six, seven times. Especially when I was doing restaurant work, because I would come into the back, the back would be all fucking slicked out from the lot or the uh, dishwasher. You'd be carrying a stack of dishes that you barely got fucking balanced while you were at the table, let alone on a slippery floor. And and I catch all the fucking dishes while I was catching my balance. And I'd just be like, God damn, that's lucky. But uh, yeah, slipping without falling is my superpower, at least physically, that I've discovered so far. That may be the thing with the ESP and connecting to people in their dreams, but, uh, you know, that's just, oh, God. Connecting to people in my dreams is what I meant. Though, yeah, connecting with people in their dreams has happened too. Okay, so that is the hidden superpower that was revealed to be the same as a dude who worked at Sprouts. His name was Charlie. He's also the guy that, uh, uh, well, I'm not going to besmirch Charlie. We went to high school. I mean, we went to the same high school. We did not go to high school together. He was like 22 years old. Maybe younger. But that seems right. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. So I was shocked. I, that I thought I was by far the only person who had that gift. I was stunned. That's what he said. And by saying it second, of course, it's like, oh, come on, dude. But that seriously is my secret superpower. Um, oh, Home Depot disappointment face. I was trying to, uh, well, no, uh, there's nothing there. I can't go there anymore. Um, could I have gotten married? Uh, yeah, about six different times. There were six women who I was legitimately considering, should I ask them if they want to get married? <laughs> For at least over a month. Which is a question that uh, took about a year or two. Well, not two. Took about a year or a year and a half. After you had your first year anniversary, and then you start having more and more serious, like, cooperative joint adventures. Well, at some point you have to think, well, should I make this as serious as uh, the next step? I've moved in with several people. So, once you're living together, if you're not thinking maybe we'll get married, what are you thinking? So, yes, I could have gotten married. Could I have been a woman? I don't think I could have been a woman on this tender down here because I couldn't have kids. I'm not allowed to have kids. If I'd have been a woman, there's no chance I'd get out of here without a, propping out a baby or two. I'm just too... Uh, I'm too slutty. So, 
No, I couldn't have been a woman. But I think most of my manifestations, if you have gender duality, come down on the female side or whatever side gives birth, I'd always want to give birth. But I would change my gender right now to give birth. Because, well, no, you can't. If you give birth, you leave karma. You're stuck in the karmic cycle. You have to get into plus karma to leave. And you can't leave certain cycles like Earth. So I was not going to be a woman this time around. There's not, there was no choice for it. And, in fact, all of the, the cohabitation slash co... Um, the, the dynamic flow of energy that exists between two people who can create a third, that three of the universe, well, that energetic flow is something I fell into many times. And still, I mean, I can't deny that your resonant flow there hibernates, but it's alive. It doesn't bury itself. So having a little more control over it now is a huge benefit. But you can still get swept away by other people. There are just that many great people to be found. And when you run into them, sometimes, for whatever reason, their greatness and your greatness are going to collide. But that doesn't make the experience not worth having. I don't want to go through what I've been through, but what I've been through taught me a lot. So, I mean, I don't want to go through what I've been through again. But I would do it again just like this because I have nothing to change. I have nothing to hide. I have no variants here that I would want to adhere to in rear-viewed mirror fashion. Fuck no. Fuck no. So, <laughs> again, yeah, I have a fucking high opinion of myself and all that shit. But you should too. If you don't have one, why? What's wrong with you? Get your shit together. You should love yourself. Pause. Okay. <laughs> the fact that I'm laughing at this proves how fucking high I was when I wrote it and how high I am right now. But inevitably, Charlie's the reason I left um, Sprouts for reasons I do not care to share. But if you want to look all the way back there, I'm pretty sure I explained it. Um, if <laughs> I, I thought at the time, well, maybe... Once you've divulged that your secret power is slipping but not falling, it's like Highlander when you find out there's another immortal, well, one of you has to behead the other. And so once it was determined that we had the same um, astral plane, well, one of us had to kick the other one off that plane. I know. And that was making me laugh just now. So I'm fucking high. Pause. Okay, I think we're going to get through page one pretty quickly here because I think the rest of this is all one story. But I'm only going to... I read the first four lines and then I'll read the rest of it. But do you ever find shit in your house and you're like, why do I have so much of this? I would never buy myself this much shit, which means you acquired it through gift giving. And do you know what my biggest quantity of shit that I'm like, oh, quit giving me three packs of Kleenex. I use toilet paper. If I have to blow my nose, I go to the bathroom, grab some toilet paper and I fucking blow my nose because I don't want boxes of Kleenex around my house. My parents, on the other hand, live their life as a box of Kleenex person. I can respect either format, but don't try to turn toilet paper people into Kleenex people. We're just going to end up with 15 boxes of Kleenex sitting in our back cupboards and think one day, what the fuck am I going to do with all this Kleenex? I guess I'll use it as toilet paper. Pause. And I also think it's funny that there are some people who just reacted like, wait, you can't use Kleenex as toilet paper? That's gross. Uh, Oh, you're so disappointing as humans. 
Oh, and if somehow you can't manage to wipe your bunghole without throwing a finger up there by using toilet paper and Kleenex is an alternative that ends up with your bunghole getting penetrated by your fingers. I mean, if you don't have the dexterity to use Kleenex to wipe your ass, you should really think about your technique, honestly, or what you're eating. Either way, pause. Oh, and when I say my life has been overrun with boxes of Kleenex, part of that's because I found a three-pack of unopened Kleenex in the desk drawer, deep desk drawer of the desk I moved into my garage like five years ago. So even then, I was like hoarding Kleenex in stupid spots. How much Kleenex do I fucking need? Pause. Okay, I have pain tolerance and uh, crazy feminist bitch, the whole fucking feminist. Uh, why I'm an angry feminist. Okay, I've said that before, so I don't think I need to rehash that one. But when it comes to pain tolerance, I really do wonder what the variance in pain tolerance from human to human is, which has got to be pretty severe, I would think. Like, some of us, we get, uh, you know, a thorn uh, penetrates our fingertip, and we've got to sit down for an hour and a half. Other people don't even notice that shit and work inside of, uh, you know, the thorniest of situations with no gloves whatsoever and manage to do it with nothing but building the toughness of their hands to the point that you think, wow, am I shaking leather or am I shaking a human? And while my hands aren't in that shape, my feet are. And I do all sorts of things outside barefoot just to build the toughness of my feet. Oh God, my cat's barfing in the litter box. Oh, that's great. <sighs> Pause. I mean, I absolutely have to applaud her place of location choice, but oh my God. Okay, well, um, clean that up. And she's now in the back corner of the closet, kind of in the hidden space in the bedroom. I don't know. That wasn't a good sign at all. That was um, some... Uh, <clears throat> anyway, instead of this becoming the Mutual of Omaha Nature Hour, oh, she's getting back in the litter box now. Well, at least, at least now she can do her business without... Okay, pause. Anyhow, back to pain tolerance, of which my cat would have to have by far the biggest, highest mark in that category, maybe in my life. I've seen her endure pain at a level that I don't think I can think of too many other creatures who have gone that far. So she's number one in some categories that I give a lot of credibility to. Your constitution, your ability to power through in spite of whatever damage you happen to be taking, that to me is the sign of true willpower. So go, kitty, go. But, like I said, that may be the last chance I get to give her that compliment, so let's be real. Um, but if her pain tolerance is the highest, I don't think mine's far behind. I've broken bones without knowing it until I get huge inflammation, and then I go and find out through the x-rays I'm, in fact, experiencing a second broken bone. That's happened twice. Um, I've had um, massive, I had a massive cut on my shoulder my freshman year of college that bled out so much that it, it consumed an entire bath towel in blood. I almost passed out in the waiting room. I can remember getting dizzy as I was trying to walk my way from the sign-in desk over to the first row of chairs, but I didn't ever faint. So I kept... And I probably lost, well, I don't know. The doctor said, judging by the towel, that I really 
probably needed to stay for a blood transfusion. But so long as all I was doing was going home and getting some sleep and a whole bunch of fruit juice while I was sitting there that he thought I'd probably be fine. I had my girlfriend with me and she was going to take good care of me, yada, yada. And I don't think they wanted me to stay there because I think that meant I had to be there overnight. And that's way more money. So with all that in mind, um, I've always thought my pain tolerance is pretty fucking high. And the reason I bring that one up is because I knew I'd cut myself, but I knew I didn't, I didn't know how bad it was until I turned around and asked my girlfriend, Hey, I think I might've actually, I think I've got, I have blood dripping down my elbow. So I knew I was bleeding and I didn't know how badly. So I turned my shoulder to her and said, Hey, I think I just hurt myself. I had just broken a mirror in my bedroom closet, much in the same scenario that the cat is hiding in the closet. Currently I was in that exact same spot, but when the mirror hit my shoulder, it bounced off my shoulder. So I I didn't really feel the amount of penetration. And when I turned to her and because it was in the back of my shoulder to have her see it, she fainted. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh. And by the time I got into the hall door to open it, the blood was no longer dripping down my shoulder. It was coming down like a, like a trickle, like a flow. (laughs) And I thought, well, that can't be good. (laughs) So the next person I turned to was my resident advisor and she fainted. <laughs> so that's when the dude across the hall threw a towel over my shoulder and said, you got to get to the hospital. And I only needed 14 stitches. So it wasn't even that bad a cut. I had just cut like a, a primary shoulder vein and it was pulsing blood. So <clears throat> again, that may be the kind of injury that is not painful. But I've been through enough things where they're like, why didn't you come to the hospital the day of the event? Well, it didn't hurt that much. <laughs> I mean, I certainly had worse pain when I wasn't here. Uh, you know, so when I put down pain tolerance, I wonder if there is um, the kind of variance between someone like me who thinks, wait, why can't you play through the pain? And somebody whose pain tolerance is completely different. That level of variance between us keeps me humble because I can never, ever, 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 ever know what your pain tolerance is. So if in some way I'm crossing that bridge and leaving in my wake some level of tolerance that now you have to minimize, combat, tolerate, whatever, well, how, how am I justified? I'm not. We're all different. We're all doing this ride slightly differently. And we're all doing it very similarly. And the overlap's what makes it great. But you've got to respect the variance. And if there's variance that's severe between you and another, that doesn't make what the other person's doing wrong. They're just doing it their way. So, why was I an angry feminist quickly? Because I qualified for women's studies credits at my university by coincidence, because the year that I started getting creditable class designation in my own major was my junior year. But senior year, they cross-indexed several of the classes I'd already completed as women's studies credit classes. And then because of the classes I was taking both my senior first and second semester, I qualified for a minor. But when I took the classes as a junior, they weren't designated as women's studies classes. They were designated as philosophy classes. They were cross-indexed the very next year. So my argument was, are you saying that I had an opportunity to take the women's studies class 
that's being offered now this year again and get the credit, I will happily take the final with all the people that are currently taking the final. And they told me no. So I had a, a legitimate complaint, but I didn't push it through. I just graduated as a philosophy major. And I think the reason they were embarrassed that I qualified because I'd be the first male to come through the program with credit. No other person qualified. There were women who were going to graduate as women's studies majors. But I was to be the very first, I would have been the very first credit as a minor in the system. The majors weren't even going to graduate till the next year. It was a brand new major. So I am an angry feminist. Pause. Okay. And can I still call myself a feminist? No. But this is recent and here's why. My argument was, you could see in my time, particularly back in the 90s, how the culture of, of um, patriarchy had shunted women's opportunities to the point their grievances were legitimate. Same grievances that persist today for minorities. And women generally in very small circumstances. But important ones, like leadership roles, ownership roles, yada yada. I don't mean to yada yada those. I said they're important. But those are the things at the high level I'm speaking toward. In the day-to-day, -day, no. Women are now the new men. The opportunities for your young daughters are way better than the opportunities for your young sons. I hate to say it, because it used to be so much easier to have a boy. But that has changed. So I'm no longer a feminist. And no, I'm not a masculinist either. But the tilt that now exists is askew. It isn't a re-leveling that needs to happen. There's an entire rotational gap that has occurred that I'm not sure how we're going to close. And men are the ones for whom that gap is increasing and causing them to fall further behind. So I'm no longer a feminist. <laughs> but I'm still angry. <laughs>